and that helps too, you know. And everybody is being uh, active, and of course Daryl is, you know, convincing them somehow <laughs> that they really need to take part in the class, you know. Because I've never been very good at that, you know. I'm trying to somebody. Trying to, trying to make, uh, trying to push them or make them, or I, I just don't know how to do that. And for some people, I just feel like, especially when they first come to breakthrough, they're tired and they don't have the substance they were using to to give them the energy they need. And so they're tired, their body's worn out. They didn't even realize how much of a hit their body was taking from the substance they were using because it wasn't natural energy. It was um, fake. It was substance, uh, you know, using substance that was giving them energy. And so um, they don't even know they have any yet. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, it's taken a while for some people to just, um, not want to sleep through class. A lot of times I see that a lot of people think that when somebody goes in, they don't want to do anything. It's because they, they have an attitude problem or something mm -hmm. like that. But a lot of times, that's not what I see. I see that, you know, they're fatigued. Yeah, they're just tired. They're tired. You know, they don't really have that motivation inside of because what was driving them it's, it's was that addiction. Yeah. What was driving them was wanting to get that Hollywood, to get that, that was their mission. Yeah. Almost, almost every day, yeah. depending on, how, on the severity of the addiction. Yeah. And that's why they go to detox. They come here. They don't know. Yeah. They don't know what they want. And I just look at my own experience. I mean, maybe it was an addiction that I I was addicted to um, accomplishing things. You know, when I when I was in uh, college, I was in my late forties. I had I still had kids at home. I had two jobs and a full time and full time to go to college. And, and, and I was happy because I was busy all the time. And when nighttime came, I was so exhausted. All I had to do was fall on the bed and that was it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you could say, wow, you know, I used to think, wow, you know, I, I can get a lot done. But yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't uh, good for me, you know, because eventually I was wearing my body out. That's what forced me into a chiropractic. I got chiropractic care. And he couldn't get my lower back to move, and so I started doing body work, and then I liked it so much I decided to learn it myself. And then I went to Colorado and came back, and then I started doing yoga. And so the, the whole process of my body speaking to me so loudly, I just knew that if I didn't listen and take care of it, I was not going to ever accomplish anything because I was just getting started. I, I had just gotten divorced and figured out, whoa, I missed a whole lot. I got married so young. I didn't even, I never even lived on my own. You know, I never, I never thought about what I wanted. I never thought about where I was going. It just didn't even occur to me. All of a sudden I was married. There was kids. It was, I was busy, you know, and that busyness, I had to keep it. I had to stay busy or else I would realize how tired I was. Yeah. A lot of people that, you know, always want to stay busy. They always want to do this and that and they never want to be, um, you know, with time down, time off, time. Is, or or is, even people that, that love their job. I loved my job, yeah. but it consumed me. You know, I, I, I couldn't think about anything else because I didn't have any energy for anything else. So when I started doing body work, the first thing I would say to clients is, if you could do anything you wanted and you weren't concerned about money or time or anything else, you could just go and do what you wanted. What would it be? Not one person could tell me 
what they would do if they didn't have to worry about whether or not they could do it. It's because people all, like, I think people's own little gel is their own head. Yes. They think that they can't do it just because they think they can't. And it's, uh, and it's uh, you know, I think an overused quote, but good that it's overused because most people know it. Yeah. That is, for whether you can or can't, you're right. People don't know. I mean, they think they love their job. Of course they love it. And they're getting compensated for yeah. it. But if you said something you could do that would just bring your heart joy, just make your heart sing, not being compensated or worrying about money or even going out or coming in either one, you know, they, they have no clue what would make them happy, what would really, really speak to their soul. They yeah. just don't know. Because a lot of times people... Don't, don't stop and, and, and check yeah. and check themselves. So this is a, big, a challenge for everybody at home to stop and just, and just check. Check up on yourself. Because a lot of times, a lot of people don't have that person in their life that would check up on them, you know? Yeah. How's your job? How's how's the family? How's, how's the kids? How are you? Yeah. A lot of times, we don't, a lot of people don't have that person. Yeah. But that also means you can be there for yourself. I think I think probably most kids, because a lot of times I'll ask people, you know, when was the last memory you had that um, that you remember doing something that when you were a kid and you really enjoyed it, you know, either and some would say I used to draw, I used to uh, I used to do something, you know, and a lot of times parents discourage their children from spending a lot of time on something that probably isn't going to get them rich. And that is the biggest shame there ever was. Nobody that I know, I do lots of art. I love to draw with charcoal. When I was 62, I went to college for free because you can. Okay? So I took advantage of it. One of my yoga students said, yeah, you can go to school. You can go to college for free. Are you kidding me? There's like grants and stuff, right? Yeah, well, it's it's called called, um, uh, non-traditional age students. You have to be 62. Now you have to be... Uh, at Georgia State, you have to be 65. But I just went and took art classes, and I took drawing. I took because uh, I thought, you know what? I don't want another degree. I don't even yeah. like being out there anyway. But I love to. Uh, I love to explore, um, and so I I did uh, pottery. I did uh, sculpting. You know, and now I have my art in my little art space and a little. Place and I sell something once in a while and it just feels good, you know. That's awesome. so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think the whole with because a lot of people do feel and they they talk they, they say to themselves like I, I I do need this type of job. I do I need to feed my family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. I can't live on you know drawing art. I wish I could. Some yeah. say or maybe or making music yeah. or whatever to each their own, you know. Uh, so yeah, I I definitely think there is a balance. In, in between, you know, aka the corporate world or what you do for for your payments yeah, yeah. and your hobby, something that brings you joy. Yeah. So that's why that's why that's why I think the phrase, you know, never lose your inner child. Yes. Oh, absolutely. From, you should never lose your inner child. You should. I talk about that all the time. Sometimes in the meditations at the end of class, I'll say, I just want you to go back and picture yourself when you, on a day when you really, really felt present and alive and just picture what you picture what you remember yourself looking like and don't ever forget that because that child is still in there still in there still wanting 
to, to experience joy, to dance, to laugh, to, you know, and, and as soon as you don't allow that inner child a voice, you get bored and everything is ordinary and you're bored because that creative side of you is the best part of you and you have shut it out. And that child, maybe the child is wounded and needs a little help. You have to encourage it to, to come back, you know, but don't ever think you're going anywhere without it. Because if it's wounded, it will come with you. And then your relationships will be wounded from coming from that wounded place, you know? So you have to recognize it and appreciate it and soothe that child with something. And kids love art. They love music. They love dance. They love to move their bodies. They Everything love the jungle. They can express themselves. Yes. There's yes. a million ways. To be, you just got to go out there and, and find your own way. We're already at home. Go out there. Find your own way. And, you know, they say, it's like nobody's watching. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the same as saying, don't be afraid to express yourself. Yeah. Be Absolutely. who you are. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, people are shocked. It is completely understandable mm -hmm. that you don't want to go and, you know, just be this weird person because then you, because people are afraid they're going to be perceived as weird. Yeah. Right? So we want to, might not want to be friends with they you. just don't realize we're all a little weird yeah you know and everyone, we're all unique we're all everyone unique everyone is yeah. weird in their own way everyone is unique in their own way and we should be accepting that and yeah. we should be instead of hiding it right and you know i think for some people a nice little thing they could try would be in private just just do whatever because that's i think that's when someone is really trying to get rid of their child when they're private and they still don't feel comfortable yeah. to maybe move a weird certain way, mm -hmm. to make a, a weird random noise. <laughs> you, know, you know what I used to do sometimes when I, I worked in the restaurant and I was trying to get to college <laughs> and it was late at night and you were always jacked up when you got off work because you've been around so much energy yeah. and it's really hard to quiet down and go to sleep. And I, I never drank, so I never went to bars with everybody. So. I would come home and I would put on my favorite music and I would turn on the spotlight and I would shadow dance with myself on the wall. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and it awesome. was it was cool, you know, and it, it relaxed me. It allowed my body to feel a little freedom and then I could get to sleep, you know. I mean, we all have to look for those ways that um, allow us to explore ourselves, yeah. you know, and not be embarrassed or um, or ashamed. That that part of us is in there, you know. Yeah. It's it's natural. It's part of us. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's one of the things that you know is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. and you can either if you join with it and you mm -hmm. let it come out in expressive ways, in, in sometimes beautiful ways, sometimes weird ways. Yeah. It you it you, opens you, you get, up. It opens you. You will get joy yeah. from it. Yeah. But if you also have another option of trying to negate it, try to close out that part. As if it didn't exist, and that's and that's 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 possible because it's going to exist whether you pay attention to it or not. One of the great gurus had this great saying, and he said, um, "You'll only change when it gets to the point where it's harder not to change than it is to change." In other words, when you feel the restriction of of trying so hard to keep the status quo, to keep mm -hmm. things the way they are. When that becomes more uh, um, strained than actually 
changing in some way, we make the shift. But until that happens, you know, you use all your energy to hold yourself back and you won't have enough for change because change really requires an openness to experience and an open mind and an open heart. That is not easy because that's where the unknown lies. And we hate the unknown. We are human beings. We want to know exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. We want to be in control of it. We want to think we're controlling it. And the truth of the matter is, we don't have control over anything. Because as soon as you try to control something, you lose it. You try to control a relationship, you lose it. You try to control your job, you try to control other people, you lose friends. Because there is no control. The, the, the bigger picture, the universe has control because energy will control what needs to happen. And if you need a really serious, here's a perfect example. I've had so many clients uh, over the years who've been in car accidents and had issues and there was nothing a doctor could do. Nothing, there was nothing chronically wrong in their organs or anything. They just, they just had an accident and they got pushed in a certain direction and they couldn't get out of it and so body work was really good for that and I had a couple of clients whose doctors told them that they would never walk again or that they would never uh, play tennis again I had one really good tennis player um, and and they they didn't believe it she said I just never she had a car accident the doctor said she said am I gonna play tennis again and he goes no you're never gonna play tennis again you'll be lucky if you're gonna walk and she said, you know, for some reason or other, I didn't believe that. And so she did all the protocols she was supposed to do, and then she came to this very gentle yoga class, and that's where she said, this is, this is why I knew. This is why I knew that I wasn't going to. And, and she was back playing tennis, not as aggressively as she had been, of course. because it wasn't her life's movement. But um, she brought herself back, and she said to me, that accident was the best thing that ever happened to me because it shifted me in the way that I needed to not play tennis just to win and just to, you know. But I learned that moving my body was the pleasure. That was the pleasure I was missing. I was just all about where the ball was and winning the game. And I think a lot of people are just focused a little bit too much on the outcome and not enough on one step at a time so they can feel the trajectory that it's that they're going in. And that way, if you need to swerve a little bit or take a, a corner or if the universe uh, widens the road and you need to make a decision about which way to go, you're present enough. You won't just, just if the world widens, you won't just make your own path in the middle because you haven't got the courage to change. Yeah, you know? you got to be, as Bruce Lee said, uh, be like water, you yeah. know? be adaptable uh, one time I was on Facebook and I was looking at just, you know just going through videos mm-hmm. and there was this video of this, of this podcast this guy uh, apparently he's, like, he's an entrepreneur I don't know his name he's pretty famous uh, I think he might have been a millionaire I don't know but he said one thing out of the whole podcast that I was listening to that really resonated with me and it was saying you know don't as he was talking to this young lady, this young lady was saying, yeah, like, hey, by, by 34, I want to be a millionaire. You know, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. And that put it in the conversation because he, uh, he then said something along the words of, you know, don't be too focused on the end goal because 
because then you're never going to make it. You got to be focused on the process, on that process. You got to enjoy the process. You got to love the process, mm-hmm. right? Don't because the end goal, you you really have nobody knows what the future is. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody knows. Well, maybe maybe in a thousand years. So the, so the thing is, why why don't don't be too focused. So the end goal might change for you as you learn things about yourself, mm-hmm. as you learn things about what you want, what you care about. Because as you age, you grow older, and you have more experiences. Change. Things, things change. Things change. It's a lot of the times when you make a plan, it doesn't work out. So you gotta, a lot of times you gotta focus on the pro, on the process. You gotta love what you're doing as you're doing it. If you love writing, you gotta love your other writing. Uh, for example, the podcast making, you know, What's the end goal? Not sometimes a podcast is posted it, getting and getting you know attention and stuff. Mm-hmm. But we gotta love the conversation, what we're mm-hmm. doing here. This is the process of the setup. We're trying to make it look nice, and that's the kind of stuff we gotta love. And it goes to businesses as well. It goes, it goes with your life. You gotta enjoy living in the moment. Yeah, you gotta enjoy living like in your time. And you know, the future's not your time. Nor is the past. You know, the other interesting thing is. Whatever you think is going to make you happy, and you just focus on that one thing, uh, it could be, uh, I want to be a millionaire when I'm 34. Well, hell, you might get that opportunity. But after a while, you realize that money's not everything. If for women, it's, I want to get married, I want to have a baby. You know, you get married, and yeah, it's great, but there are challenges, and it's not great every day. You have a baby, and when it's a baby, oh, it's so cuddly and wonderful, and it depends on you, and you love it, and you feel so needed and everything, and then it starts to talk, and then it argues with you, and then it turns into a teenager, and oh, my God, it's it looks at you like you have two heads, and you can't figure out. I was there for you every single day, and you expect to get that time, but you expect them to appreciate what you do. No, never will that happen. So in every up, energy has to come down. Yeah. And you've got to be able to ride that wave like the water. I mean, when it gets rough, you still got to stay in there and know that it won't stay that way forever, and you just try to keep yourself calm, and then it will calm down. Then it will get so calm you can't hardly stand it because nothing's going on, and you wish that everything was going on. This A chiropractor told me this one time. He said, our hardest challenges, when things are calm, we want to jack things up. When things are jacked up, we want to calm things down. If we could just learn to ride the wave, we, we, would, we would just let everything come and we would just take the highs and the lows and then it, we would work it out. It would all work its way out and we would just be part of the working out of it. But we wouldn't have to do anything because energy is energy. It's going to do what it does, you know. So the more you accept it and the more you relax around it, the easier it is, period, no matter what's going on, you yeah. know. And then it won't matter, you know. You're just you being you. That's it. That's yeah. all you got. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're living, um, yeah, every single person, you gotta live in this universe because things are gonna happen. Things are gonna happen. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing yeah. to do. We about have. That. We have no control. Yep. No matter how much we want to think we do, no matter how much our ego tries to convince us that we do, we really, we really don't. And accepting that. And I'll tell you this story because this is kind of funny. I have a Chinese doctor that I just absolutely love, and he does acupuncture and. Uh, other different things. He's he's very intuitive, and he um, 
when I first started going to him, I think he knew that I was a little bit uh, of a control person. I mean, I, I like to know what's going on and I like to make my plan. And so he said to me, I'm going to ask you eight questions and I want you to answer, I don't know every time. And so he said to me, I was like, oh, okay. He said to me, uh, is your name Marilyn? I don't know. He said, is it raining outside? And it was. I said, I don't know. And then he just kept going. And after the eighth one, he said to me, how do you feel? And I said, I feel so relaxed because I don't have to know. I don't have to know everything. It just never occurred to me that, you know, because your mind is always making you think that, you're supposed to know this. You're, what's wrong with you? You know, right. and all of a sudden it was like, no, I, I don't know anything. <laughs> so I just started using it on myself. Awesome. When my mind would ask me a crazy question, like, "Is that?" Blah, 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 I just go, "I don't know." And I'd laugh. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean yeah. That, that, that's was, really. Uh, it sounds like really like a kind of like a like simplest of words, just letting go. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, even with... And it was such a simple little thing, and I, I learned so much from it. I mean, these are the things that you have to watch out for, the little the little things that come your way that are little lessons, because really, we live our life in the minutia, in the small, tiny moments of pleasure and pain, if we can just learn to ride that, you know, in the moment. Then we don't have to have a baggage of stuff. Or we don't have to get excited about something and then be disappointed in the end when it doesn't happen, you know, or go down in the in the tubes about something that doesn't even matter that you don't even have any control over anyway. Yeah. You know, you're just torturing yourself basically. We do a lot of that. Yeah. I'm I'm a good hand at that too. But from what I'm from what I'm listening, I can't understand what when somebody hears what we're talking about, they might think to themselves, you know, well, well then, what do you mean I can't be excited for something that's going to happen in the future? Uh, you know, they might think, uh, my my brother is getting married. Like, I got to be excited about that. What do you mean I can't be excited? We're not saying don't be excited. Oh, no, no, no. We're asking no. the excited, but be excited not for the, not for the future because the future, again, I don't know. The future equals I don't know. Nobody knows the future. And if somebody claims you know the future, they're probably lying. The only way to know the future will be is a, a, a prediction that's not known. So the way to you know be excited about it, be excited in the moment. Don't be excited because of the future. For example, your brother not getting married. Be excited in the moment because your brother, you know, maybe is engaged. Because your brother because you're excited about what what could happen, but you never know what could happen, you know? So don't, don't try to borrow happiness from the future because if you try to borrow happiness from the future, you're so much more likely to get disappointed. You know what? I, I, think, happy in the moment. I think it's cool to have things, you know, uh, and be excited about something. But what I'm saying is if you get really excited about something and then it doesn't happen, then you've got to be unexcited. Mm -hmm. But if you get really excited about something and then you go, okay, I can't wait for that to happen, mm -hmm. but you have the patience to relax and just let it 
um, moved you towards it. So you're not like, oh, I can't wait for that to happen. I can't wait for that to happen. And that's all you think about. That's all you think about. You miss everything else. You miss everything else except that. And then if it doesn't happen, you're depressed. Right. You know? So you can't help but getting excited about life. But you also can't help but feeling um, down sometimes. And sometimes, you know, I mean, I've had dreams and stuff and woke up and worried about them and just just really felt almost overwhelmed with the old emotional stuff, you know. But you got to feel it. You just feel it and let it go, you know. Don't try to block it away. Don't try to yeah. pretend that it didn't happen. You know, reality is what it is. But in the end, it's all really about just being aware and understanding that in a human's life, you will experience the whole gamut of everything there is to experience, all, all highs, all lows, they'll all be there. If one is open-minded and open-hearted, because what can be if one is close-minded and close-hearted, the experiences will come and go. But you weren't. Yeah, you in weren't the experiences. present. Yeah, you weren't you were present in the experiences. It's only when you are conscious about it and conscious about your thoughts and conscious about what is happening, mm-hmm. when you will truly experience life and learn from it. it. Might get sad from it. Might be happy. But again, there are no wrong emotions. Mm-hmm. Even sad is in a wrong emotion. In the in the Buddhist tradition, the idea is you make your plan, and then you sit back, and you watch for the signs that allow it to it uh, to actually happen. Right. So I, I, I mean, whatever whatever it is, but you don't you. You can make the plan, but you don't have control over whether it happens or what the time frame is. That's, yeah. up, that's up to the energy in the universe. And as long as you recognize that, you can make the biggest plan you could ever imagine and just allow space and time for it. And then you'll take each step that you need to stay, take to get there. It's not, it's not about not making a plan, you know, because, because you have no control. Right. It's not about that. It's about making the plan and then letting it happen in the way. Because the universe kind of knows you better than you know yourself. It knows how to maneuver things, to juxtaposition the right people, the right circumstance. Have you ever heard that saying that everything happens in the moment when it was supposed to happen? Yes. You know? And until that moment comes, uh, it's you're not ready. You, right. you may not be ready. This person, it's like it's like winning the lottery. You might, I mean, your chance of winning is is almost a two yeah, million to one. But suppose suppose you've always wanted to be a millionaire. I dated a guy like this one time. Every time he wanted something, he goes, "When I win the lottery, I'm gonna I'm gonna have that." It's like, well, why would you wait? Why wouldn't yeah. you make a plan? And then if you win the lottery, it's it's icing on the cake. But he missed so many opportunities to change or try something new. It, it was like a joke to him, you know. Oh, I'll get that deal if I win the lottery. Wow. You know, well, I mean, what a, what yeah. a, that's a way to hold yourself back. That could be, I can see Plus, that. there are people who have won the lottery and ruined their lives. The money has oh, ruined yeah. their lives Most completely. Most people who have won the lottery have come out more in debt and have gotten bankrupt. Uh, like they've, they've come out worse yeah. because they don't know how to handle it. Or their story. relatives come out of the uh, woodwork. Right? Yeah, they don't, <laughs> they don't know how to come out, how, how to do that. And, <laughs> and 
because you see them spending money on, on, on things that one shouldn't really be spending money on, but you know, uh, but I think, although, although I can see how someone like that can say like, oh, so it's, it's not in my control. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. whatever. Not taking, not taking responsibility. Right. And if I would, but it's, it's not about that. I think life in universe is about a balance. Mm-hmm. You got balance everywhere in every single, you know, religion, in every single philosophy, you've got something that is, you know, really balanced. You've got the yin yang, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, and so it's a balance between could, uh, trying to take control over your own life, but letting go of the things that you can't control. Mm-hmm. And having the wisdom to know what you can control and what you can change within yourself mm-hmm. and the actions that you do it, and the things that, you know, don't know you, you can't change them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's it's about that. It's because because I do like making a plan and I do mm-hmm. like setting down the stuff you have to do because at the end of the day, you can control your reaction and you can control your actions. Mm-hmm. Those are the things you can control. So, so if you were to lay out a plan that you only involve your actions and your reactions and stuff, you can fall through with it. Yeah. But I think what you cannot control is everything else, how the environment that you're working in changes. For example, the example of it is, you know, this COVID thing that's happened. How many people, uh, you know, like guesstimate, how many people, uh, and I don't know, but just think, how many people might have had a plan to start their own business? Might have had a plan to go travel. Might have had a plan to maybe start a new to chapter. To get married. How to many get married. People, how many people had to put their marriage? To start a chapter ready. in their life. Yeah. And your plan had every, had like every, every single thing, you know? I'm going to be able to do this. I can do that. I can do this. Every, like The things that are in my control, I have control so I can make sure that I want to like. And that's good. Mm-hmm. But the, the environment around you changes. You, yeah, you didn't know. And like that. Yeah. Like that, the things that you had that you thought you had control over, mm-hmm. not anymore. That's the whole purpose and, of it. Right and that, and that's where you go into be like water. You know, you thought you had control of it. Now you don't. Let it go. Have the wisdom to know when something goes out of your control. Because, out because of your control. really and truly, um, all of the things that we think about are distractions. And so if you're totally distracted with what you think you need to have constantly, you are probably not going to do much internal um, questioning, right? Because you don't have time. You don't have time for that. People don't have time to be still. When I was a kid, if you looked even like you were just sitting somewhere, not watching TV or doing anything, it drove my mother crazy. Get up out of that chair. What are you doing? What are you doing there? Uh, how do you answer that as a kid? Nothing. I'm doing yeah. nothing. Yeah. You're not supposed to do nothing. If you don't have something to do, I'll get you something to do. Yep. You know, and then scared you to death because you didn't know what she was going to make you do. Yeah. So you <laughs> got up and started running around looking for something to do. I mean, it was it was crazy. I remember so many times as a kid, I thought to myself, if like if we were driving in the car and there was a field over there and the sun was out, I would just imagine myself over there just laying down in the grass because that's all I ever wanted. I, it was just times when I was just, I don't know what. I, I, I would call it stress, but I don't know how a kid gets that stress. But just I wanted things quiet. Mm-hmm. 
So after a while, I started just climbing up a tree where they couldn't find me, picking a box of crackers with me. And I'd sit up there and watch the birds fly around and think, wow, if I could just be sitting on that cloud up there floating by, I'd be so happy. And then one day I said that to somebody. All I want to do is sit on a cloud and be happy. And they said, what? Those clowns aren't, you can't lay on a cloud. That's just gas. <laughs> I was crushed. I never took my cloud away. I didn't need it. I couldn't have that anymore because I just wanted a peaceful place to be for a short time so I could maybe gather myself together and figure out how I got in this dysfunctional family and how I was going to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems to be, you know, a trend with, 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 with so many things in life, with almost everything, to always want and to always seek for the things mm -hmm. that you don't have mm -hmm. instead of trying to appreciate them. It goes with everything. Because and something that simple that you feel like you can't have, you grow into an adult and it's still there and you still yeah. think you can't have it. That's why I went to India for a month because I needed separation. Mm -hmm. I had a good life. I was happy. You know, I had my business. I had my practice. It was going good. I was making money enough to go to India. And I had a partner who could take care of things while I was gone. I just went almost like I got away. Spontaneously, you decided this is it. I needed something and I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was deep and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get it with all the things that were filling my life. I just knew I had that feeling. And so, and I had met this girl and I just felt like she had the most amazing mother love I, I think I've ever felt. It was just exuding from her. And that's what I was missing. That's what I didn't get when I was growing up. My mother didn't have it, so she couldn't give it to me. So I followed her to India and stayed in the ashram and just meditated uh, three times a day and did nothing, you know, journaling a little bit. And I, I just, I, I, the, I got this moment about six days into it, and I just, was meditating and I just slipped. I mean, literally slipped. Literally, I couldn't hold myself out of my own space any longer. I didn't have the strength for it and I was relaxing so much. I just like got sucked in and it was like, oh, I just didn't even know that place existed within my own self. And after that, I was like, oh, this is a snap. You know, because I, I got a place to go. Yeah. I can go here. I remember what this feels like. I can stop any moment that I need to, and I can just go into that space. That's amazing. It, it was life-altering, you know. And I came back, and I said, God, my whole life, I've just either been struggling to get something that I felt like I needed and didn't have, or I was pushing something away that was trying to get me, and I didn't want it. So it was constantly... No, 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 uh, 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 you know, and never really even have time to think about what I really did want. And then all of a sudden, the space opened up, and I was like, you know what? I don't need anything. Just you, just bring it to me, and I'll decide whether I want it or I can use it. Because it's kind of you know, all you're doing in that time is exerting so much energy. Oh and my! Trying goodness. to either push 
Avoid awesome. or grab. Avoid when, or grab. At the end, at the end of, of, of you trying to do this yes, and that, yes. this and that, it's going to go through you anyway. And I don't, I that. never had time to be in the present moment. Never. Just, you know, uh, oh, yeah, no, oh, all right. And if you think you want something and you start to get it and you realize, well, maybe that's not it. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of fear in there too. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of people that, you know, want to become millionaires and just, just for the sake of it, yeah. they're working, they're working, they work, they work. The ego. And they get there, you know? Yeah. And for a, for a bit of time, bliss. It's like a new car. You buy the new car. Oh, I love this car. Yeah. I love this. And then the payments start coming in. You know, and you and, realize, oh, 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 I gotta pay for it too. And it's now part of your life now. Yeah. That little moment of bliss has now costed you yeah. around maybe twenty to forty thousand. And now you wish you had a bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> and now you, now you wish you thought about it more and then decide like, why do I need this car? You know, why am I actually purchasing it? And one yeah. of, one of the things I noticed when I had my practice, this happened a lot. People would. Um, get a job they'd be fairly happy but not really happy they'd be working pretty hard and then they would feel like they needed to buy stuff to make themselves happy and then they realized that um they really weren't even making hardly enough money to pay for all the stuff they bought but they didn't have time to look for another job or they didn't uh, feel like they could find another job to make it them. And they, and they backed themselves right into the trap of consumerism. Mm-hmm. Because if they had to have the job, then they felt like they would like it more. But it didn't work. Yeah. I've seen that so many times. And then people start shopping for entertainment, you know, because they don't know what else to do with themselves. And they end up with all this stuff, and you see it. A lot of stuff, I mean, it, it makes you happy. The moment you buy for a moment, for a seconds. moment, you buy it, then, you feel good because you had the money and you could buy it, and now you got it. And okay, now it's okay. That's now I need something else. It yeah. never stops. It's like, oh, yeah, it it's like stops. a disease it's with money and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's never going to be enough. Yeah, because for example, you want a hundred thousand dollars in your savings account. Boom, you get it. Now you want five hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. But you exactly. get you get there. It's an addiction. I got from other. I mean, yeah. why would I stop? Money and power is an addiction, just like substance. Just yeah. like substance, it's no different. When the, when uh, remember when that guy named Maddow, uh, what was his name? The guy that did the Ponzi scheme and made all the money and and caused a lot of the down downturn yeah. in the you know I Wall Street. Was, yeah, he was like famous for okay. you know. And he and that was his job. And he he got all these people to invest with him, and he was stealing the money and everything. And then he got caught, you know. And they had uh, the psychologist on NPR, and they were talking to him, and they said, "It wasn't the money. It wasn't the money. That didn't. That wasn't it. He was addicted to the idea of it. He yeah. had to have it. It was an addiction, because he because he, he was never going to get enough." No yeah. matter how many people he swindled, no matter how much money he took from people afterwards, he didn't care a bit about that. Yeah. For him, it was an addiction. I can get more, I can get more. It was like he felt like he had power. It was an addiction. He, it sounds like I mean, he really enjoyed the process yeah. of getting And there. the fact that he figured out how to jip all these people. and I mean, it was turning him on, you know? 
was it was an illusion, you know. So obviously, I mean, it, it, it might have been happier at the end, but there was a start that it's like, wow, like I'm, uh, I'm truly not happy. Yeah, he ended up in jail, of course. Yeah, you know, and good for you. How what, how are you gonna do with your power? Yeah, there? what are you gonna do with all that money <laughs> in jail? You kind of got a very limited limited shopping list in there. People don't have uh, don't think ahead sometimes yeah. enough to. I mean, for me, every time if. When I was a kid, I went to this drugstore and uh, I had two comic books in my hands and I had just enough money and I put them up on the counter and the guy didn't feel them. He just he just thought it was one. They were kind of thin. And so he took my money and he gave me change, which I knew I wasn't supposed to get. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, <laughs> I went outside and I had two comic books for the price of one and enough money to buy another one. And I felt so guilty yeah. because kids do kids feel that you know that's a that's a visceral feeling i felt so bad i didn't take the comic book back but i'll tell you what i never did that again because it wasn't worth it yeah it just wasn't worth it i mean i i struggled over that i thought should i go back in no then i'll have to admit that i that i did it in the first place <laughs> i'm sorry tell my mother oh my god no, don't do that this I mean, so you're, you're, you're stuck with it. Think. You're stuck with it. Yeah. It's it, horrible. It is crazy how I feel all these years, and it's still with you. I still remember it. It's still with you. It's because that, that, that feeling of guilt that you know you've done something wrong, yes. it's, it's, it's innate. Yeah, it, and when you're a kid, you know right from wrong. Yeah. It, you could take a five-year-old and make them president, seriously, and they would they could solve all the problems on the planet. Absolutely, because they couldn't be able to see why everybody shouldn't have food, why everybody shouldn't have a place to live. That's that wouldn't even be. Uh, yeah, I guess if you were to have someone with the mind of a five-year-old, I guess ego wouldn't be present. No, in the mind of a five-year-old, and ego is a lot of the times the problem yes. in which causes friction yes. between countries. Yes. Because what would you say to a child if if they had the power to change things? There are. Um, 23,000 people in California who don't have a home and have to sleep on the street. You're almost like a very few home. He'd say, we, we need to find a place for them to live. That's what we need to do. Nobody should be living on the street when it's cold. And, you know, the, the kid wouldn't be able to figure that out. Guess what? We could figure that out, too. We could figure out how to fix that. Absolutely, we could, yeah. if we cared enough to do it. And if we weren't so worried about putting money in other places, you know? People pay their taxes, and all that money should come back to them, all of it, because that's what it's for, you know. Yeah, I think also the thing is like us, kind of like government and stuff like that. As a universe, we bet it, it, it's beginning better. Yes, I do believe that, but like the human, the humanitarian side of it is not at all where I think it should be. You know, oh, but yeah. but in a dream world, you know, in a utopia, everyone's like taking care of. Everyone, you know, everyone cares for the neighbor because they know that their neighbor's taking care of them. I know in, uh, it, in, but that shifts the consciousness of the planet when we care about each other. That's why we came here, right? Yeah. Every person has um, a gift that they sh that, that they're supposed to cultivate and share with everybody else. Yeah. And when you get that kind of communion between uh, cultures, between races, between everybody, things just work. They just do. 
because we're concerned, you know? We're not but just thinking about ourselves. The biggest, the reason why I think I, it's, it's very hard to get there is because of the selfish nature of, of the human. Because the, the human... It's not nature. Is, it's not natural to be selfish. Self, to, to wanting it's, things for yourself. And yeah, stuff. It's not natural. That, that is a learned... That is something we learn. And we learn a lot of it from watching our parents. You know, now that I think of it, I have seen a lot of examples of, you know, of kids kind of just sharing all their toys. Like the toys are just the toys. You can share my toys. But there are also a lot of kids that other older kids that, you know, they don't want to share so like that and it does sound just it depends like, on how old the kid is too i mean when yeah. kids are little they play together they, you know usually usually if they don't want to share it and you say to a kid you know i know this is your toy but this is your friend you know yeah. and they want to play with it too and they might have a toy one day that you want to play with so it's just a good idea if we just use a little common sense and, and uh, talk to them as if they were people instead of what do you mean you don't want to share it I'll grab that out of your yeah. hand. You give that to her. You know, you can't do that. Yeah. You, you got to. There's, no there's no lesson. No. There's no learn lesson. Behind that. The lesson is don't be selfish. Don't yeah. be selfish. And then guess what happened? You grow up. You, you just growing up the most selfish kid that ever was. You won't want it for anybody. Because you're taking something away That's like right. that. Yeah. That, 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 that. That just makes the kid want that thing more. Exactly. It's training. educate the kid yeah. and then. Let them give it to her. Yeah. Let them. It's make it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like having a kid and the kid wants something and you don't exactly know what it is but you're busy doing something and you just just go just go away and pretty soon the kid is like banging on something because they they need they don't even know what it is they just need something probably they just need a hug or. Yeah. or eye contact or some connection, you know, and you don't do it. And the next thing you know, that kid is on the floor screaming, bloody murder, tearing the place down, pulling the curtains out of there. And you're blaming the kid because he's having a temper tantrum when all he wanted was to just get your attention and you didn't have time to give it Yeah, I mean, a lot of times something that happens, a kid wants something, but they don't know themselves enough exactly. to know what they want. Yes. And a lot of times, it happens with adults too. Of course, an adult is not going to throw a temperature into the way a kid does it's in the middle of a store yeah you know but there's different ways I've no they'll take that. it out on their loved ones is what they'll do yeah i've seen it be uh projected in many yeah in many different ways because they as an adult even they still don't know they what still they want. don't know what they want they know they want something they know they need something they know something is missing yeah but they don't know what it is yeah and so they get stressed. They try to put it into the. They try to like get that that something from the work. They try to get more money. Replace it with material things instead of. Or maybe, from their spouse, you know. Yeah. And they're but, angry because they can't get it, and the spouse doesn't even know what it is, and they're not even having a conversation about it. They're just you know going off the rails. I mean, I I just I would I would almost I I never laid a hand on them kids ever i never spanked them i never i never put uh curfews on them when they grew up when they got cars i just felt like you know what this is your life and you're gonna have to live it and you're gonna have to have the consequences and sometimes i'd be so frustrated i'd have a dream and in my dream one of the kids was laying on their stomach like they were little and my hand just wanted to spank them so so bad i couldn't stand it it's like oh, yeah. <laughs> 
And I had to turn so many kids, but I never, I never laid a hand on the kids ever. I never. And my husband did spank my youngest daughter once in a while. And she said to me the next day, "Daddy spanked me last night." I said, "Why did he spank you?" I mean, she was the best kid on the planet. Why did he spank you? She goes, "I don't know." So I asked him, "Why? Why did you spank Amy?" He goes, "Cause she went in the street." I said, "Why didn't you?" Tell her why you spanked her so she could know. Exactly. Because now she just thinks you're being mean to her. Yeah. That's the thing with, with Asamabi. Sometimes. It's power. It's a power struggle. You people, know, when I tell you to do something, I expect, whoops, <laughs> I expect you to do it. Right. Period. That's yeah. it. End of story. Uh, a lot of times, uh, Thank you. I think what happens is that Oh, sometimes, sometimes maybe I'm sure a lot of parents um, feel like they need, you know, a, a strong hand. Maybe a, a lot of parents are overstressed themselves. You know, like a strong hand here and there, maybe a spanking here and there. When something has gone terribly wrong, but the thing is, you've got you've got to let them know. That's I mean, because they, they as you said, they they don't know. What what what, do you, what kind of parent do you think a child is going to grow up to be when they uh, when they're when they're parents have used capital punishment on them, that they're going to repeat that pattern. If a child is um, is sexually abused or has uh, somebody's been predatory around them, they're going to grow up with that same behavior because they don't know how to change it. And it's and to them, to a child, they don't know if that's normal or not. They don't know if that's happening to everybody. They don't even know. They don't know anything. Right. This, they're learning every day. They're trying to learn how to be a little human being and grow up into an adult. And if the adults are teaching them bad habits and bad behaviors, they just take them with them. And that's yeah. why everybody should be in therapy at least once. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Ther therapy is, is very good for, for everyone. Even some of the things are completely okay, completely safe, and there's nothing going on with them. And, you know, see it as a bit of fun, you know, to go in there. Just talk about your day, talk about your life, and I and, and with that thing you said about the those kids that have, have had trauma to sometimes most of the time they grow up to be kind of like that. I do think it depends on every single kid because there there might be some some kids you know that does happen to them, but then they reflect on it. The thing is, it's all up to the person and how they process the trauma. Uh, I think I think there are, there is a lot of highly functional traumatized people okay because they channel it they channel their uh and they hide it they hide their dysfunction you know and they and they hang around with other dysfunctional people too so it makes them feel like it's okay yeah <laughs> i guess yeah no i i think it can be you know made with the same trauma a lot of a lot of like friendships drinkers drinkers all hang out together you know because yeah. if everybody's getting drunk well there can't be anything wrong with it yeah <laughs> and it's, drugs are probably the same way it's true. It, it can it can come out in, in many different ways yeah the, the the trauma the way you try to like uh you know cope with it and yes that's why, coping skills that's Absolutely. why coping skills are, are extremely important that's because you know some trauma might happen and you use those coping skills to not, to not, to not, for them not to, you know, show out in those ways they're showing up. But I do think it depends on, on every single person. I think 
as wherever you travel, I think every single person is different. It is up to every single person. Sometimes to see how how they're gonna come out. Sometimes we don't even know the trauma. Okay, I did. I needed therapy when I was fifty, and that's when I found out I'd been molested. Fifty. I didn't. I didn't know. I knew things didn't feel right, and relationships were difficult, and I tried too hard, but I couldn't figure out what the problem was. But when I was younger, after I got married, I um, I went into therapy because um, I was having a really hard time and didn't even know why. And I told my mother I was going into therapy, and she started to cry. And I said, "Why are you crying?" And she said, "Because I know you're going to talk about me." It was personal for her, you know. And I said, "Mom, it's not about you." Has nothing, this is not about you. I'm not going to therapy to talk about you. And really, we didn't talk about her. We did talk about my father some, but um, it was just a, I just needed to talk to somebody who had no, um, who had no uh, emotional, yeah, no emotional attachment to what yeah, I was saying. No bias. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and it was invaluable. I mean, that was the first, that was my first step was therapy. I mean, talk therapy. Yeah, it does help a lot to talk about someone that doesn't have. I had the best therapist. He was he was a Presbyterian minister, with a with a PhD, and we also did role play workshops, and um, and group therapy. I mean, it was I, I would have gone to him every single day if I if he'd have let me. I asked him one time. He said, "I only come once a week. Can I come twice?" He goes, "No." <laughs> And then when we moved and I didn't have him anymore, I I used to go down in the woods and uh, and sit down there and journal and I'd pretend like he was sitting next to me because I kind of knew his his um, you know things he would say and so I, uh, I I'd pretend like he was there and I told him about it later when I had a session with him when I I flew back to Florida and he said. And I said, I, I could tell myself what I thought you would tell me. And he said, Marilyn, this is perfect. You you found your own therapist. And that's exactly what needs to happen. Someone who who bounces back and forth with you. Yeah. He said, you, you don't even need me anymore. You you got your own therapist in there. And that made me feel good. It made me feel like I'd accomplished something. You know, I was journaling and, you know, trying to get to know myself a little bit, you know. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know, on that note, uh, you know, go out there, live, live life the best way you can. You know, don't be afraid to let let go of control sometimes. Uh, find your balance. Become your own therapist. Yeah. If you can, you know, but you know, a lot of most most people that bit of knowledge. Not just just people. think of yourself as a therapist, and and what if somebody, if you were having a problem, what if somebody. What if that was somebody coming to you and they were saying that to you? Think about how you would handle that, what you would yeah. say to them, how you would encourage them, and just do that for yourself. Follow your own advice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such an easy thing to say, but it's such a hard thing to do. I also have like, like trouble with it, you know, because I know what I would say to somebody. Mm-hmm. They're going through this stuff, and I'm trying to get better at it. But sometimes it's so hard to follow your own advice because... You know, sometimes it's just like, just like, uh, like life, because if, if it was your own advice, you can, you sometimes you can reason yourself out, reason yourself out of your own Or sometimes advice. you'll say to yourself, didn't you just tell somebody just the other day to um, da, 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 da? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been uh, 
the Breakthrough Recovery Podcast. Uh, Marilyn with me. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. You're welcome. Uh, I think I think this could potentially be taught, be called Life Talks with Marilyn. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, have a good, great rest of your life. And we'll see you next time. Stay in touch with yourself.